visiting with our Shap of the Week, Joe Sockwell. And Joe, last week, you kind of made sure that you just crossed a whole bunch of career firsts off in one play. Take us through that sequence of events where you were able to get your first interception, your first touchdown, and your first pick six all in one play. Line up for that play. They've been running a lot of slants early in the game. Right before that play, I hear Coach Jones from the sideline. He goes, watch the slant, watch the slant, watch the slant. I like kind of see where he's lined up. He's kind of towards the sideline. And I was like, okay, he's probably running a slant. After the ball snapped, I see it in the gut, our big RPO. And uh, he runs the slant, and I just go, I jumped it. It was pretty awesome. I didn't really know what to do. I hadn't, I hadn't played that in my head yet this year. So I caught the ball. I was like, oh, I have to, I have to run now. Thankfully, there's nobody in front of me. It was pretty pretty easy walk into the end zone. You're in that situation. You, you start to see why the whole dream, the beautiful dream thing is such a reality because when things happen, you know, we saw that last year with Will Maggots where people were just kind of standing around a punt that had been deflected and nobody knows what to do and, and Will just picks the ball up. And we talk about the relationship between the starters and the backups and it's a unique relationship at Westlake because I don't necessarily categorize it as ones and twos because there are so many guys that can step in and play. And I think of guys like you and Jeffrey Jenkins, two hard hitters, physical players. If you if you played anywhere else, you'd probably be starters. You know that that relationship in the in the DB room is is so pivotal to the success of the back end. Take us through what it's like to kind of be in that room and and just the camaraderie that y'all have. I think it's awesome. I say the DBs and the O line are the two most tight knit groups. Will and I have been best friends for probably going on 10, 11 years now. It's awesome. I love being on this side of the ball now and. It's awesome. I think a lot of people don't really understand just the value of what playing together in Pop Warner and, you know, elementary school, middle school, playing against each other sometimes in middle school. But then in freshman year, you you, you get the opportunity to become one. These are guys that you've known your whole life. And I think that's a unique perspective. You know, Kaiser was talking about that a few weeks ago. He said, and last year I was playing with guys that I thought were famous. And this year I'm playing with guys who are like my best friends who I've known since jump. Does that relationship help when you guys are looking at things collectively and as, as teammates? Everybody knows that everybody else knows their job. And so you can kind of just think with each other on the field and it's cohesive you get a chance to kind of talk to each other in a way that you would talk about maybe a math problem or maybe an essay or something like that that goes on in class because that's what we used to do when I was in high school if I didn't know something I was going to ask the person that I knew probably understood the assignment Mm -hmm. and really when we talk about knowledge of assignment that's what gets you to the field what does knowledge of assignment mean to you I'd say it's not only like knowing the call, there's the base rules to the call, but it's also like knowing your knowledge of assignment based off of what you see in the first like second, second and a half of a play. Because it can change so so quickly. As soon as the quarterback snaps the ball and catches it, all of a sudden it could be a completely different play than what you thought it was going to be. They talk about being able to play fast. Coach Murdoch told us in our pregame show, he's like, look, you know, the, the more you know, the faster you're going to play. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? When you're playing fast, you, you're not thinking about like making, making a mistake you're so confident in what you're doing is right because you prepared that way you don't have to like go full speed and then like oh wait did I do that right you can you know that you're doing it right all the time the reps and the consistency also help but it's it's kind of like getting the answers to a test every single day and going well I would review for a test in this way why would I not review for football in this way do you find that this repetition helps you in the classroom yeah for sure I'd, I'd probably work harder in my football preparation than I do in my school preparation which is probably not so good but it works out all right and it's fun to prepare for a football game it's fun to dive into it and like think about all your calls going through different plays and stuff you know I know ones and ones and twos and twos but when you're able to kind of mix 
mix in with the ones like you were the other night against Cedar Ridge. I often say this, don't look at guys that are on the two deep as reserves or backups. The depth at Westlake is so much more special than it might be somewhere else. You know, you got your guys that you know that you can play, that you can trust. But what Coach Salazar, Coach Murdoch, and even Coach Dodge in years previous always talked about the depth of a football team is why we're going to be successful. The depth of a football team that comes to play for a tack team. The guys that, that are chomping at the bit to get playing time. Do you find that that depth is really what makes y'all successful? I mean, everybody prepares the same way as if they were the starter. And I'd say that that's a big thing that keeps everybody ready. It's not like if you think you're not not going to play you're still preparing that as if you are going to play still watching film still going all to practice all the practices and stuff so yeah depth is a big thing so we have to take you back a couple of years because you think that joe sockwell would make a, a big play during a playoff game and, and what would be technically your last game at chaparral stadium but you've made some plays on Thursday nights that maybe people don't know about. Because you're a different cat, man. You've gone from the wide receiving room to the defensive back room, and you kind of been a part of both the offense and the defense. And I think I remember a, a play against Johnson before they had a varsity team. You had some heroic moments in that game too, man, right? I did. I had a – I think we were going going back and forth with the team. We had to – we weren't doing so well on offense. We had to pull over Tommy McIntyre from the defensive side of the ball, and he had like seven catches in like two drives for like 80 yards and a touchdown and then they started double teaming him and I was like okay, they're gonna double team him I'm gonna be open on this play towards the end of the game it was a little inside breaking route to the back of the end zone good throw from now wide receiver Hayden Lasseter and I brought it in when you catch a, an icing touchdown like that you know it doesn't really matter what level of football you're in because it's it's such a unique experience to kind of be all be working to the same goal get to Friday night you know get to the varsity table and and there's some camaraderie there because there are a lot of guys on this team that are in the exact same position you are either first year varsity guys or second year varsity guys that, that haven't been starters but still play just a, a massive massive role in the team what's it like because I know Tommy gets in there with you mm -hmm. I know there's a, the number of guys that are that are seniors on this team that have gotten a lot of playing time it's a lot of fun because most of these guys are some of my best friends getting to play whether it's special teams or late in the game it's fun to like joke around on the sideline with them and then go out and make a good play with them. How out of breath were you after the pick six and then had to haul over to, to hold for Carter? Well, I was trying to celebrate because Colton came up to me, gave me a, a chest pump, and I was like, this was pretty sweet. And then I was like, oh, Lord, I have to go. I have to go hold the PAT. I, was, I got down on a knee. I was like, heart was beating real fast. I had to take some deep breaths. And then I was really hoping that they didn't make me go down on kickoff, which thankfully they didn't. But if I had to run all the way down there and then do the kickoff, it might have been it might have been time to get the O2 tanks out. When you look at the relationship, and, and, and luckily because there's a Westlake Shap that's doing some pretty good things at the NFL level as a kicker, and you know it's gotten us kind of used to talking about how the relationship between snapper, holder, and kicker, and how that is such a team thing. And because special teams is such a big deal at Westlake, and you all practice it relentlessly, it's not surprising that when it's Jake Helms, Joe Sockwell, and Carter Eggie, you guys are perfect this year when it when it comes to the three of you. What's that relationship like? It's a lot of joking around. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It doesn't have to be so serious, but we know that when it's time to work, we get we get serious and put the balls between the uprights. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I like those guys. It's uh, I'm glad I get to work with those two. We talk about execution, and 
I think a lot of people don't really understand. And I think people are starting to understand how difficult of a job it is, you know, to be that accurate and to be that sure handed. And I think there's a unique perspective that you have as being kind of the middleman. What do you guys talk about as far as perfecting that craft? On the sideline, there's a lot. I mean, there's a couple like I'll tell him if Jake wants to know where a snap was, I'll tell him where it is. And Carter will tell me if my, my hold needs to be leaning this way or leaning that way. But mostly I'd say it's just a lot of trust between each other. I trust Jake that he's going to put it on the money or at least close enough to the money. And Carter trusts me that I'm going to get it down to where he likes it. And I, we both trust Carter that he's just going to bang it through. I have to ask this because I know there's a fake field goal in there somewhere that involves you. Does it involve you running the ball? Does it involve you throwing the ball? Is it? I mean, I want to give away trade secrets here, but there has to be a fake field goal somewhere in the playbook. I'm trying to put in, right now we have a little option play, but it, that's only if it's like a bad snap or something like that. I'm trying to nudge at Coach Dunham to put, let me let me throw one, maybe a little like a little Y pop or something like that, throw it in there when, when we need an extra two. We talked to Will Maggots about this, and, and it was kind of a unique part of the conversation where he said, you know, sometimes I just need to, to shut the power off and, and go in the middle of the woods and hunt or fish kind of led me to, to start thinking about how do other guys, you know, kind of get away from the madness that is football during the middle of the season. Kaiser mentioned he plays video games. You know, Will talked about, you know, going hunting or going fishing. You know, what does Joe Sokwa like to do when, when, you know, everything just needs to calm down a little bit? I'm right there with Will, usually actually with Will. Usually we'll go, Will and I, Tommy, Colton, some of the guys on the team, and uh, we'll go hunting for a weekend and just stay there. Limited service, which is nice, and uh, just hang out. It's, it's a great time. I think when you are involved in something like that kind of activity, especially with your teammates, it kind of all allows you to do the same thing. We might talk about football. We might talk about school. We might talk about our friendships and relationships or whatever. But what you're trying to do is develop the relationship with one another. You guys are all in the same boat. You guys are all doing the same thing. And I think in what's really awesome is this team, especially this group of seniors, are owning the chase of history. You guys are not running away from it. You guys are wearing it as a as a badge of honor. The first two that we won, I was in the stands for both of those. And it was just awesome. I was, when we won the first one, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. We won the second one, that's really cool. And then last year, I got to be a, a JV bring-up, which was awesome. It was one of the best experiences of my life. And then now that I see like how much work goes into it and how much fun that work is, nobody on the team wants to wish anything away. We love the preparation. We want to see what we can do. I think when you have family that is so supportive, and, and Westlake talks about their collective group as a family, and that extends, obviously, but you know, I've gotten to know your grandfather uh, fairly well. He comes up to me pretty much every Tuesday morning, and we have generally a quick conversation, but you know, on Tuesday's edition of Three and Out with Tony Salazar over at Rudy's, he said, you know, he comes over and he, he starts talking to me about the television broadcast. But then at the end, he actually got kind of recognized because he's been at all of them. And, and I think there's just something there that says, hey, when my grandfather, my dad, and, you know, all my parents and this extended Westlake family, when they show up every single day, what does that mean to you that, that, that they care so much? It's awesome. It's a, a very loving family, very supportive. I get a text from my grandfather every single game day with a little, like, four-leaf clover emoji. That's all it is. It's a, it's a lot of fun. He's been a big Westlake fan since my mom played soccer here. And I think legacy is always such a big deal because we're starting to see those. You know, there'd be a Westlake kid whose parents went to Westlake, you know, kind of every now and then. Now it seems to be kind of the norm where graduates of Westlake have said, whether I go to college or my professional career, I'm coming home to Austin and I'm finding my way to get the my kids the same experience, same education that I got when I was at Westlake. What does it mean to you to be a legacy? It's like a tradition kind of thing. It's kind of, it's like a, there's like the football family and then there's like a Westlake family. 
probably like 50% of the people I'm friends with here, somebody in their family went to Westlake. Like some of my closest friends, mom and dad met here. Like it's pretty cool that everybody wants to be in association with the Westlake Chaparrales and what this school means to everybody. I call it branding, but it's a lot more than that because I think everybody understands what it means. You see guys like Sam Ellinger and Justin Tucker and, you know, even Nick Foles and Drew Brees. And there's all these people that have kind of put Westlake up on this, this very high pedestal. But the football team, the basketball team, the collective athletic family have done so much to elevate their presence. You know, you've got an opportunity to be successful across the entire athletic department. I mean, you think about the men's golf team, five straight state titles. There's winning to be done here. And I think people understand that it's a part of the culture. And as a final thought, as we visit with Joe Sockwell, being a part of this culture, what has it done for you as a player and as a student, as a guy that's about to go out into the world and do your own thing? I'd say it's definitely made me more competitive in like everything I do, whether it's school, whether it's a game with friends, whether it's football or baseball or something like that. I'd say it's kind of put like a competitive nature into me where I want to be the best that I can be at everything I do. That's probably the biggest thing that's done for me. I know that as a senior, there's a lot of lasts that you're that you're going through right now. And I ask most of this are our seniors, especially during playoff time where it's win or go home. Literally, how is that process and that perspective helping you knowing that, hey, this could be my last practice. This could be my last team meal. Is it putting it in a perspective for you that you're going to do everything you can to not make this my last until week six? One of the biggest things is like you think about it, like somebody will say this could be the last one and you're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. And then you think about it and you're like, this is what I've been doing for the past four years at Westlake and then three before that at middle school. And you're like, I don't want this to be over. I'd like the last one to be in Dallas. And so that's what I go through my head at least. He's Joe Sockwell, our Shab of the Week. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you.